and let the second season begin in the National Hockey League as we welcome you to episode number 339 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you, and uh, the 16 teams have been set in the National Hockey League playoffs. We'll start in the Eastern Conference with the President's Cup trophy-winning Tampa Bay Lightning. They open, um, which obviously I think, I mean, with... Uh, 62 regular season wins. Um, obviously, they're looking to uh, capture their, as a franchise, their second Stanley Cup. The last one, of course, in 2004 when they beat the Calgary Flames four games to three. But Tampa Bay will open up against the Columbus Blue Jackets in a best of seven. I wonder here, as we sit here and think about Tortorella's team, meaning the Columbus Blue Jackets, the most active team at the trade deadline, made six deals, and then all of a sudden... Their reward for scratching and clawing and biting and pinching and kicking and everything else they did to get that second uh, wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, their reward, they get four games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think it's going to be more than four. I'm sorry. I think Tampa's that good. Maybe Columbus sneaks one out in Value City Arena in Columbus, Ohio. I don't know. Maybe they bring Urban Meyer and some of his students from his ethics class over. I don't know. We'll see. Also in the East, as I mentioned in episode 338, of the original six teams in the National Hockey League, only two will see the postseason in this 2019 NHL season. And they will play each other in the first round. And they're very familiar with each other, obviously. The Toronto Maple Leafs will visit the Boston Bruins. So that should be interesting. The Washington Capitals begin defense of their 2018 Stanley Cup championship, and they will play in the first round against those dancing guys from the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see Mr. Cherry's first intermission coach's corner if Carolina wins the night before. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Um, the New York Islanders get in. What a job by first-year head coach Barry Trotz. What do you think of them now, Washington Capitals? Here's a team that lost their best player, and what does Trotz do? Gets them within a couple points of winning their division, but they still were strong enough to qualify for the playoffs. The Islanders open against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Interesting series there. In the West, the number one Western Conference-seeded team, the Calgary Flames, will start... Um, their playoff journey to 16 wins. They open on Thursday night at the uh, Scotiabank Saddle Dome against the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Flames win this one. I really do. I think Colorado probably wins a game in Denver. They may steal a game in, in Calgary. Who knows? But I think that one goes no more than six games. The series that I'm looking forward to the most in round one would be the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. Good news for San Jose fans. Eric Carlson finally is back on the ice. He skated the last, he skated their regular season finale. So that's good news for the Sharks fans who have really had a last two weeks that they'd like to forget. They have really not been very good. All the way around. Their whole team has been bad. Offense, defense, special teams, not been good. Dallas from out of nowhere. Uh, steals the Central Division Championship away from the Winnipeg Jets. And for that, they get to take on the Dallas Stars in round number one. And talking about the aforementioned Jets, they will open 
against the St. Louis Blues in round one of the NHL playoffs as I bring in the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke. And Chris, um, obviously your favorite team's not in, but we move on. Uh, You're still well represented, obviously, with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, so that's good. But uh, some real quick observations, if you will, sir, on the 16 teams that will continue play starting Wednesday or Thursday at an NHL arena near you. Yeah, I like your pick of the Sharks and the Golden Knights as the one to watch for probably good hockey action. That should be really, really competitive. I like the Golden Knights to continue their playoff magic from last year. They've just been, what a franchise, and I'm sure hoping the Oilers get Kelly McCrimmon from there as well as their next GM. In terms of the Flames and the Avalanche, I don't know if the Avalanche are necessarily the team to take out the Flames. If the Flames play like they have lately, perhaps, especially since last night they only got one goal, and that was on a lucky tip-in, and they just have not been scoring lately, and that is their biggest strength when they're at their best. So, uh, as we said, the Flames could lose their momentum. We said that around the All-Star break, and if they do, they're in trouble, and I think that's going to hurt them, especially since they're also undersized, but... You know, there's been a number of comments that we've been making going back and forth. You, me, our buddy Greg online about could women ever play in the big leagues? And Johnny Gaudreau is the best argument for women playing in the National Hockey League because if a guy who's four foot eight and <laughs> 82 pounds can play, I don't see why women can't. So anyway, the Winnipeg Jets, St. Louis Blues, that's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. I just, those are teams that are just tough and can score and just and and can lock you down too like Hellebuck versus Bennington in net that's that's a very very sort of an understated uh, matchup as well Nashville versus Dallas speaking of original six when there were only six teams in the NHL if you had told someone that in 2019 so let's say in you know 50 years that one of the opening round playoff matchups is going to be Dallas Texas against Nashville Tennessee they would have uh, not known what to say. Would they have gone just as crazy if they heard that there was a team based out of Las Vegas? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> well hopefully they would have thought that was exciting. But yeah. anyway, yeah, the Islanders, Barry Trot. You know what? Forget <laughs> uh, forget Kucherov. How would you give the heart to, <laughs> to Barry Trot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Anyway, Islanders. If the Islanders beat the Penguins in the first round, I mean, no matter what, I, I mean... Uh, I, I think there's a chance that could happen. Well, look, I, I know that everyone's going to like John Cooper and, and every award is going to default to a Tampa Bay Lightning player or coach. I understand that. And, and most of it would be well-deserved. However, Barry Trotz, what he's done with the Islanders, they lose to Varis. They don't even have a, ho- a regular home and they're supposed to be pure garbage. And instead he takes a couple of journeyman goalies and a bunch of random spare parts and he turns it into a playoff team. The guy's unbelievable. He's the best coach in the league. And I really wish the Oilers would have taken advantage of when he was available and, and taken a shot with him because that was a real severe missed opportunity. I, by the way, I'm surprised Quenville's not hired yet either. That's crazy to me. Anyway, I've got news on Quenville when you're done. Yes, sir. Uh, Washington Capitals and Carolina Hurricanes. You have to expect the Capitals to win. However, the Hurricanes, this storm surge, it just that was a brilliant thing, and I rarely disagree with Mr. Cherry. And I'm wondering if when he made his original comments, if he thought it was during, like, you know, not after the right. game. I'm not sure if he knew. So if he knows it's just a thing that you do for the fans when every the game's totally over if you won, I, I haven't heard what he's had to say about that. So if he still doesn't like it, I would disagree with him. 
but uh, I, I think he wouldn't be quite as opposed if he if he knew the full story, uh, assuming he didn't at the time. Yeah, original six matchups are always great, but you have to know the last franchise, never mind that Boston's been really playing out of their minds lately, the last team that Toronto Maple Leafs ever want to see in the playoffs is the Boston Got Bruins. Ten, right. That is just their Achilles heel. There is just something there. And it goes back a long, long time, really. But even in recent history, that you think about that 4-1 third period game seven collapse. I don't know how you recover from that. And then I think the, they met, what, one since then in the playoffs, did yeah, they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and, and they still sucked. And just Toronto has looked so good this year. But I don't expect them to beat the Boston Bruins. I just don't. Mm. And uh, it's hard to feel sorry for the Maple Leafs. However... In this case, I, I think they deserve at least a first-round win uh, based on how they played this year. And if if they do get a first-round win here, all the power to them. That would be incredibly empowering. It would exercise their Boston Bruin demons, and that would be a great thing for their franchise and their fans. Because uh, it's un- unless it's the Flames, I don't really like when fans have something that just annoys the crap out of them, even if it is Maple Leafs fans. And then, of course, Lightning and Blue Jackets. That I want to see what uh, John Tortorella cooks up there. That's gonna if you uh, if you like press conferences, uh, you know playing the Tampa Bay Lightning when you're John Tortorella is a recipe for success. So I'm hoping to see some good sound bites out of that one. I don't think uh, I think you're only going to get four chances though. <laughs> so if you have it on your bucket list to listen to Tortorella, <laughs> make sure you do it quickly because I don't think he's going to be around long. Tampa Bay just looks to be just head and shoulders above everybody else this year in the National Hockey League. During the, uh, be the second intermission, uh, f- yeah, it would be the second intermission of uh, Saturday night's game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flame, uh, David Amber, uh, host, broadcaster for CBC, does a segment, and it's eerily similar. They're trying to, knock- it's a knockoff of Coach's Corner with Ron McLean and Mr. Cherry. Amber and and uh, <laughs> Greasy Boy, <laughs> Greasy Boy, Brian Burke get together and they call it, and uh, they have some name for it. To the point. To the point. Is that yeah. it? There you go. Jesus. So it's, it's a it's a it's a bad knockoff, but it's what they're trying to do. One on one, Amber plays the straight guy, meaning obviously Ron McLean, and then of course Greasy Boy plays the role of Mister Cherry. Well. Mr. Greasy Boy has the th- these things that he has that they, they give out these postseason awards, and they call them the Berkies. <laughs> this is too stupid. Well, I know. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were making up oh, every single thing you just but said. But I just said it. That's why, I mean, I saw it. That's why, because I, I took the notes down because I'm sitting here going, Greasy Boy's got his own little coach's corner going on the here. Berkies, the Berkies, according to Greasy Boy, Brian Burke, he's given out the... Uh, he gave out last night, or Saturday night, excuse me, he gave out the following awards to the different category winners. The Hart Trophy, according to the guy who gets the Berkey, is Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a slam dunk. Oh, yeah. Helen Keller calls that yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, the Norris, he believes, goes to Mark Giordano of the Calgary Flames. He's probably the leader in the clubhouse. Probably, yeah. The Selkie goes to Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues. That's a two-way sure. performer, if you don't know, for most of you guys down in the States. I didn't know it, but I do now. Not that kind of two-way performer. I know, but yeah. 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 
The Calder, which is Rookie of the Year, goes to Elias Pettersson of the Vancouver Canucks, and that's another no-brainer. That kid was unbelievable. Yeah. If 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 these if that general manager that we hate out there, Benning, mm-hmm. he screws this up, he should be on the first. Oh, he should be on the first oh, boat out of town if he's if he bad. lets this kid leave town, he's an idiot. Um, the Vesna, which is for the number one goaltender, Andre Andre Vasilevsky. That's the best I got. Um, Tampa Bay. He gave uh, a Adams Award. That's for the coach of the year. He gave that to John Cooper with some consideration to Barry Trotz, Bill Peters. And this was, I thought, very, this was pretty good for Greasy Boy. He would have given some votes votes to Craig Berube and the job that he did with St. Louis this year when he took over the team. And and, uh, they were in the toilet, and now they're in the playoffs. So Berube has done some good things in St. Louis. Not enough to win the Jack Adams for this year, but, uh, I mean, you get a team, and I know they've got stars up and down the rosters. And, you know, all these names and, you know, we, we haven't even talked about, uh, what's the big guy down there? Stamkos in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And a lot of people, if you didn't know the Tampa Bay, the one name that you could associate with the Tampa Bay Lightning was Stephen Stamkos. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about Nikita Kuzchov. You're talking about the goaltender. You're talking about the coach. Uh, the Berkey for the general manager of the year, and this came with a caveat. Burke gave the Berkey to Flames general manager, our favorite fry cook from Boston Pizza, Brad Tree Living. But then, of course, Greasy Boy's got to put a caveat on it saying he had a good teacher. And if you didn't know, Burke spent the last five years before he became a television star this year, he spent the last five years as the vice president of hockey operations in the great city of Calgary. Um, I don't know about that. I, I, I think these are all pretty much slam dunks. I mean, you don't, I don't know, you know, I, I, I would, I would imagine there'd be some people that think that, you know, you or I could coach the Tampa Bay Lightning with the talent that they have. But I think, I think when you're talking about John Cooper, you're talking a lot like we talk about Steve Kerr in regard to the Golden State Warriors and massaging egos. There's a lot of star power on that Tampa Bay team. And to get any team, I don't give a damn who you are. To win 62 regular season games out of an 82-game season, that's pretty freaking impressive. Yeah, I think you have to give the Jack Adams to John oh, Cooper yeah, when yeah. He, whenever you you know tie the all-time record for wins right. in a season. But I just feel bad for Barry Trotz because in any other year, Barry Trotz would have won it. And you know what? Bill Peters. And Bill Peters, Bill Peters too. You know, yeah. They interviewed him last night on our Saturday night after on after hours and. My God, I had never heard him speak before. He is a very well-spoken, very measured with what's come out, what comes out of his mouth, but uh, very different, in my opinion, from the last number of coaches here in Calgary. This guy's different, is a difference maker, and uh, obviously the Flames couldn't even sniff the playoffs last year. This year, 107 points, first overall in the West, and uh, a lot of that is attributable to Bill Peters. Yeah, there's no question my Jack Adams nomination list nominees uh, are definitely those three, uh, Trotz, Cooper, and Peters for sure. Uh, those. This is probably the easiest uh, yeah. voting that's happened in the NHL in years. Most of those are pretty straightforward. The Frank J. Selkie trophy is always a bit hit or miss, and you're always going to have Patrice Bergeron. It basically does Patrice Bergeron win it or not this year. Right. And so, I mean, it's all he's always in contention for that. All the rest of them are very straightforward, other than the GM of the year. The thing is with that, he made one good trade. 
That's all he did. I give Bill Peters more credit than Jim, or than sorry, Brad Free Living. I give uh, more credit to uh, to uh, yeah to the coach in that situation. And speaking of Jim Free Living from Dragons Den, a couple of his former castmates are on Shark Tank, and I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank. I was watching some of season eight last night, and they had a product called Grease Bags, and. So, <laughs> with Brian Bo- Brian Burke <laughs> yeah. on the logo, yeah, there you go. And so, yeah, I did. Look, I know Brian Burke's had a tough life, and I know I feel bad his son died and everything. And I, I just, I feel like he's been through enough. He doesn't need me to pile on, but man, I don't know. That guy just seems so. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just bitter, but he's always he's been like this for decades. It's not like it's oh, just yeah. now, and it's not like just since he started looking like. A cross between my great aunt and Pat Riley, you know, but or whatever the heck he is, I don't know. I don't know. Like his hair used to actually be good, and then I don't know what the heck he did. He must. He's probably getting Have like you seen that thing I tell you about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, the shave about the, that shave. Well, the everyone's side of his shaving head. the side. Like I've always, I get mine point five on the side. I've done that forever, my whole adult life. But now everyone's starting to because years ago it came out, and I don't know if this is what started it, but basically they they determined that if you keep your hair shorter on the side, it makes you look younger. Like you can really look more old and tired if you if you grow it out too long on the side. Like you know, in the seventies, everyone yeah, had yeah. their hair over the years and all yeah. that. And so I've just and I've even before that, I've always liked that. I like keeping it tight on the side. And so it's it's a thing. Like even if guys don't necessarily change the rest of their hairstyle, guys like Burke are still doing that little part there. But he still looks old, and he still looks like I don't know. If you told me he was Steven Tyler's grandpa, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But anyway, yeah, just the Burkeys. It's I'm sorry, it's not working, guys. Like. David Amber is very competent, but he's not Ron McLean. And Brian Burke is not Don <laughs> Cherry. Saying Brian Burke is Don Cherry is like saying, I'm Don Cherry. Like, it's just not even... Actually, I'm probably closer to Don Cherry than Brian Burke, and I'm nowhere close. So, look, this this whole Burkey thing, it's just so contrived to... And it's not like you're putting it on an alternate show. It's not like you have Coach's Corner sometime, then on some other show you have that. It's like first intermission is Don, and second one is the Burkeys, and then you're like, come on, you guys. This is the same crew that couldn't figure out that, hey, maybe we should have Bob Cole call one less playoff series. Maybe we should call Harry Neal. Maybe the... You know... Maybe that would increase ratings. I know that's not how the CBC thinks as a fucking, yeah. as a fucking crown corporation in the public <laughs> sector. But, you know, if you were truly private, I guess, well, or I guess it's Rogers making the calls now. But, yeah. I mean, how publicly influenced are they? So if you had a properly run business, you would actually be concerned about ratings and or giving the fans what they want other than Ryan Hall. But... I mean, what are you going to do? Because they're always going to make stupid decisions. I don't care if it's CBC or Rogers. It's all the same fucking empty suits. And uh, the Berkeys are fucking stupid. One note uh, I did want to make mention. We were, Chris and I were talking in episode uh, 338 about uh, two coaching changes that happened Sunday morning in the National Hockey League. The Florida Panthers uh, kicked Bob Bugner to the curb after two years in South Florida. And he did it with a 77 62 and 22 record and then just minutes seemingly after that news came out the buffalo sabers decided to cut ties with their head coach after two seasons in western new york phil housley is out but the one thing that i wanted to relay and i we didn't get to it in in episode 338 is that the florida panthers have made a statement and that statement is that they are going to go after joel quenville as their new uh, head coach, and I question that a little bit. Here's here's the reason why. Um, I don't think Joel Quenville really needs to get back in the National Hockey League. I think the National Hockey League would be better 
if he was in for sure, but everything that Quenville has done in his career, if he wanted to call it a career, I think that he would, he would be, you know, in right to do it. I mean, he's won Stanley Cups. He's led a number of different teams to the playoffs and, and he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's in his mid, mid sixties now and or maybe early sixties, but it doesn't matter. He's well accomplished. Um, he's a hall of famer. He's everything that you would want to sometime, someday represent the National Hockey League in their Hall of Fame in downtown Toronto. But I don't think there's a snowball's chance in in uh, South Florida that, that uh, Joel Quenville will go down to Miami, and here's why. I think the only reason that Quenville would go to Miami is to play golf. Because why would a guy, as, as accomplished as Quenville is, why would he want to go down and try to resurrect a program that draws flies, first and foremost? Um, do you play for a team that, or coach a team that just let a good coach go and he was 15 games above 500, which in Florida with the talent base that they've got is amazing and they fire him? What kind of, you know, what kind of sign is that? And as I mentioned in 338, I thought Dale Talion was a good hockey man. I'm not so sure about that anymore. And there's the natural connectivity. Obviously, Dale Talion who hired Joel Quenville in Chicago, is now calling the shots in South Florida. But I don't think that's enough to get Joel Quenville to go to South Florida. If Joel Quenville does want to entertain another NHL job someday, I think he does it in an established hockey market with a team that has you know, the possibility to make a long playoff run somewhere down the line. Okay, well, let's go to Twitter here. And as of three hours ago, our buddy Elliot Friedman at Freege HNIC, who we both agree is an excellent reporter, probably mm-hmm. the best uh, insider out there in hockey other than Bob McKenzie, of course. Uh, there is a real... This tweet is from three hours ago. Okay. There is a real sense today that the process between Florida and Joel Quenville is much further along than many wow. of us realized. Okay. It's not a done deal, but it's close. It would not be a surprise if this process closes in the near future. Now, that was three hours ago. Correct. Then two hours ago, uh, someone who I don't know named Brett Sergalis, Sergalis, uh, apt, I think the same, uh, just heard that Joel Quenville is a done deal in Florida, announcement coming tomorrow. So uh, we'll see. This is not for sure. But then one hour ago, someone else was still saying that it was still a work in progress. So it's hard to say. But... uh, and it sounds like word last night was that the main competition was Philly, but others, including Buffalo, may have joined in. So there, it's it's fluid, but we'll I see. I don't think there's a guy that can spell hockey would want to coach for the Buffalo Sabres at this time. No. I think that is a poor ownership. We've talked about it ad nauseum. We don't have to regurgitate it again. But I think it's going to be very difficult for the Peculiar family to find a coach. To coach their team. Certainly to find a good one. You'll a always find one. someone who will fi- take exactly. a paycheck. Exactly. But, that, yeah, uh, good point. Yeah, yeah. But, but to find a good one, that's... It's going to be very difficult because, you know, Phil Housley. Phil Housley is a good man. Hall of Fame defenseman. Um, one of the famous, most famous Sabres I would think of of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, spent six years in Western New York as a, as a member of the team, a playing member of the team. And to just unceremoniously dump him um, I, I just, uh, I don't think the Peculias are trying to ruin the Buffalo Sabres like they've been trying to ruin the Buffalo Bills. And, um, there are some, you know, we talk about some hidden every now and then Chris and I get into discussion about hidden fan bases 
and loyal fan bases. And you've heard us mention Cleveland before. Um, haven't done much. I mean, except for LeBron's championship in 2016, it had been since 1964, since Cleveland has won anything. Um, you know, but Buffalo, people don't maybe don't know this. Maybe they don't want to admit it. I don't know. But you've got some hellaciously good sports fans in the city of Buffalo. Who would sit in that shitty old rich stadium when the winds are blowing off of Lake Erie and watch a shitty football team? And they've been doing it for years in Buffalo. So give them credit. Now, they did lose a basketball team 100 years ago. The Los Angeles Clippers, did you know this? little trivia for you. I don't today. think I did, to be honest. Los with Angeles Clippers were originally a team called the Buffalo Buffalo Braves, which in 1977 moved to San Diego and became the Clippers. And then in the early 80s, because they were such an overwhelming success in San Diego, they moved 120 miles up the road to a dump on Figueroa Street and became the Los Angeles Clippers. So Los Angeles Clippers have a history going all the way back to Buffalo. Buffalo had two great basketball players, Hall of Famers, a guard by the name of Randy Smith and a forward you've heard of before by the name of Bob McAdoo. Those were the two stars back in the early 70s of the Buffalo Braves of the NBA. But um, Buffalo has some good, hard sports fans there. It's just, (laughs) they just haven't been rewarded ever. Has Buffalo ever won anything? No. They've won a Super Bowl, haven't won a Stanley Cup. They've got a triple-A baseball team there called the Bisons. That's the triple-A affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, But I don't think off the top of my head that they have won anything in regard to team sports. I don't think the city of Buffalo has won a championship. That's too bad. But uh, with the Pagula family running your two professional sports teams in western New York, (laughs) it's going to be a while. Um... A lot of things to talk about on this uh, 339th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We thank you, as always, for joining us. The Sunday afternoon edition, um, I'm taking off for Las Vegas. Um, I need to go get some warmth and relaxation. And uh, some people would say, well, you've been relaxing for the last year and a half, and you'd probably be right. No, that's not relaxing. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. I know it's not. Well, you Uh, can tell some good news if you want. No, I, I, I'm, I have taken something uh, over the summer to get me through the summer, but it's not ultimately what I want to do. But at least it's something that I can enjoy over the summer. It's not rocket science. And uh, keep my mind occupied. Get me out of the house. Four lo- the four walls are starting to kind of enclose on me. But uh, um, at the proper time, I'll let you know about that. Uh, but I am going to be in Las Vegas, and I'm quite excited about it, especially when knowing that... Uh, the Las Vegas Golden, I know the Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights will be in a playoff series against the San Jose Sharks, and I'm looking forward to being down there and uh, seeing the the community of Las Vegas rally around their hockey team like they did last year with that improbable run to the Stanley Cup Final, which came up uh, which came up three games short. But I want to switch gears now, and um, this is you know if you've listened to any, and and uh, I know that you have because Chris and I wouldn't have been doing this for over a year and a half now if some of you wouldn't have been great loyal listeners to our little program. And I can't tell you how much we thank you about this. But as we come to wrapping up episode number 339 of Unscripted, something just just 
just came flying to me off the computer screen this morning. And that was former Celtics All-Stars who switched gears to the NBA. Former Celtics All-Star who now thinks he's a color commentator for ESPN. His name is Paul Pierce. The truth. Can't stand Paul Pierce. He's such an idiot. Um, went to Kansas. He's originally from L.A. Grew up in the Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And if you remember the Watts riots of 1963 or 1992, Crenshaw High School is right in the middle of Watts in Compton. Yeah, no little white guys in Watts and Compton in Southern California, let me tell you, folks. But Paul Pierce, that's where he's from, went on to an All-American career at Kansas and was the 10th overall pick in his draft year of the Boston Celtics. Played 19 years in the NBA. I think he was 17 with the Celtics and two at the end with the Los Angeles Clippers after Doc Rivers left Boston and went out to L.A. Uh, Paul Pierce joined him. But this whole season in the NBA, we've been going through the Dwayne Wade retirement ceremony. Every place he goes, somebody wants to switch a jersey and take a picture, and it's just been kind of like his farewell tour throughout the NBA. But on this little program called The Jump on ESPN, it's a weekday show, uh, Monday through Friday, Rachel Nichols is the host, and they bring on these ex-jocks, and they talk basketball. And Paul Pierce is one of the analysts on this show. And he said on Friday's edition of the show, because Dwayne Wade, his farewell tour is coming up. In fact, the uh, uh, Heat just ended their season earlier today with an overtime loss in Toronto to the Raptors, knocking the Heat out of any postseason contention. So Dwayne Wade, Wade's career is now over for the Miami Heat. But Pierce said on this program that and I quote, he says, he's had a better career than D. Wade. You know, I I appreciate people that have self-confidence, but also have self-awareness. You're full of shit. Let me tell you that. Let's compare. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, 13 All-Star Game appearances. Asshole. Um, excuse me, Paul Pierce, 10 All-Star Game appearances. And that 10 out of 19 years, that's not bad. Dwayne Wade, eight times he was all NBA. Paul Pierce, four times he was All-NBA. Dwayne Wade, three times he was on the All-Defensive First Team in the NBA. Paul Pierce, no times. Paul Pierce can't even spell defense. And you can give him the first four letters. He still can't spell it. D. Wade, the final and the most important column. D. Wade, three rings. Paul Pierce has one. Um, Again, you can have self-confidence in your abilities, but please be self-aware. Be enough... Be enough or self-aware enough or something like that, that you are not as good as Dwayne Wade. You did not accomplish as much as Dwayne Wade. So keep those goddamn opinions to yourself. You just make yourself look foolish when you say things like that. Paul Pierce had a, had a prolific NBA career, 19 years, 10 All-Star games, four times All-NBA. He's got a championship ring with the 2008 Celtics, but is he better than Dwayne Wade? Not a snowball's chance in Phoenix. Well, I appreciate the commentary from Mike, the truth, Jensen. Woohoo! Yeah, I do. when you have a nickname that's the truth, you have to be really, really careful <laughs> yeah. about what you say on television. Let's be serious here. I've never had the same problem with Paul Pierce that Mike does, because 
I've seen him speak in interviews after games and I've been able to understand what he's saying. And I know that's a pretty low bar for professional athletes today, but I've, I've watched him talking like, Hey, I can, he's speaking English. Mm-hmm. I can understand him. Right. So that's great. I mean, so I, I've just, and that's all I really knew about Paul Pierce. So I never had the, the hate on for him that uh, Mike has over the years. However, I have to say that if you are going to look at the numbers, which is the best place to find the truth when you're comparing two potential Hall of Famers, there's no doubt the numbers clearly favor Dwayne Wade. And now you can say that potentially Dwayne Wade has played on better teams or played with LeBron, which, of course, uh, Paul Pierce never got to do. But, I mean, there's but, more to it than that. But in, in in fairness, Paul Pierce did play with a big three. Oh, at yeah. one time oh, in Boston yeah. with, Celtics, Ray Allen, yeah. with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want to look at... at what could have been, and hindsight's always a beautiful thing, but should that Celtics team with the big three in the late 2000s with, again, Pierce, Garnett, and Ray Allen, should they have won more than one championship? Absolutely. They didn't. What happened? They should have had more championships. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do you blame Doc Rivers? Do you blame no. Danny Ainge? No. 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 You guys screwed up. You screwed up. You should have won 10 against the Lakers. Sure you should have. And I'm a Laker fan. The Lakers were not the better team in 10. The Celtics were. But, you know, that's why they play the games. That's why they play the games. Yeah. Um, Staying in the NBA real quick before we get out of here on this 339th episode of Unscripted, we do need to send some congratulations to the, and I'll just leave it as the headliners of the 2019 Professional Basketball Hall of Fame or the Basketball Hall of Fame, there are some amateurs in there, meaning college guys, so I can't say professional. The 2019 Basketball Hall of Fame, these guys will be inducted, and I believe it's in June, I'm not sure, but the list has been made public. And Vladi Divac, Jack Sikma, remember him, uh, Sonics fans? I mean, I know Seattle's been without a team for a while, but Jack Sikma was the Seattle Supersonics when he was there. Um, Bucks fans, you'll remember number four, uh, Sidney Moncrief. These guys headline the 2019 Basketball Hall of Fame class. Some guys that didn't get in, another former Buck. Marcus Johnson did not make it. But uh, happy to see Vladi Divek, Jack Sigma, Sidney Moncrief, just to name the headliners. There were some guys that were in on different categories and, and whatever have you. But uh, those are the headliners that uh, we send our congratulations to for their induction in June in the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. Again, congratulations to Vladi Divac, Jack Sigma, and Sidney Moncrief for headlining the 2019 class. As we say, we've got to get out of here on this uh, 339th episode of Unscripted. We thank you, as always, for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.